The Gaily Profit is 100% supported by listeners like you. Help keep this podcast going by visiting thegailyprofit.com and clicking on donate, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you've read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello. And welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Chardonnay, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall, after the entire school finds a petrified Miss Norris. The gang are hustled into Lockhart's office, and everyone finds out that Mrs. Norris isn't dead, just petrified, which still sounds like death, TBH. Rumors about the Chamber of Secrets start. Binns gives us handy exposition about the founders. More Jenny freakout foreshadowing. Uh, extra emo Myrtle. And Hermione hatches her polyjuice plan to find out more about the Chamber of Secrets. We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Hogwarts revealed to be all kinds of unsafe for children. Parents are shockingly unfazed by this information. <laughs> Sources say the general public response is, ah, fuck them. <laughs> if you survive Hogwarts, you can survive anywhere. Um, right. Which is not how I, not how you raise children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we turn to the front page where my first note has literally nothing to do with Harry Potter, but you guys, I just found out that Lemonade is finally on Spotify and I wanted to share the good news. I look forward to listening to that on repeat. And crying alone and slashing my car. It's going to be great. A tragic thing that happened to me is that I bought Lemonade when it came out, but then when I unsubscribed from Tidal, it like d- disappeared from my library, which should be no. illegal. Because I bought it gave Beyonce the money to own it but now I don't own it anymore so I haven't heard it since my free title trial went out so I'm very excited about it anyway it's been out since April I just learned it this is why I feel very much like a Luddite I'm like just I'm just gonna buy can I buy a hard copy of I don't know I just <laughs> where would you get a CD player I don't... my car is a CD player oh yeah mine does too very nice <laughs> Okay, so then my next question is, where did the scorch marks come from that they find when they're investigating? Mm. The basilisk doesn't, like, shoot fire from its eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be cool if it did that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
I mean, the bath looks already kind of cool, besides that, that it's, like, murdering innocent muggle-born, or trying to, anyway. But. Such a lonely life. Can't look at anybody. Ne- has not ever had a satisfying meal. It's probably, like, what is it eating down in the fucking Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, like, wait, maybe waiting for, like, Salazar Slytherin to come back. It's like, where's my friend? <laughs> oh, no, that's tragic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, obviously we don't know answers to this, but those scorch marks are real weird. My first comment is, I really feel like someone should have comforted Filch. Like, that is exactly how I would have responded. And, like, no one's, like, comforting him over his, like, his literally only friend. Yeah. I did like that Harry took the time to feel sorry for Filch. Not as sorry as he felt for himself says the chapter, but he did actually feel empathy for him, which is, like, I'm glad. Harry's a good kid. This yeah. is pretty consistent. Um, did you notice how smoothly McGonagall makes sure Harry did not get off the Quidditch team? <laughs> yes! And I was like, girl, this is your priorities. Priorities, McGonagall. I mean, there was no reason for him to be kicked off this, the Quidditch team at all, which... I think we'll talk more about when we talk about Snape and education, but like I did love her. Like the cat wasn't beaten with a broomstick. Like it's very good. <laughs> so, so sassy. Very good. So I my next one is, is actually kind of a, a thing, like a conversation, but it's not, I'm not angry about it and it's not political necessarily. So it's here. Why would Riddle have been the first heir of Slytherin at Hogwarts, which is followed by my theory, which is that he was so mad about his falling out with Gryffindors that for centuries his family homeschooled instead of sending their kids to Hogwarts, which is how we ended up with the Gaunts. I think that is probably a very... Good point. Because they wouldn't, they probably wouldn't want their kids mixing with muggle-born kids. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have sent their kids to Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gaunts were just such a mess, so. Such a mess. Uh, in various ways, so. I think that's, like, totally plausible. Because, yeah, I mean, if Tom Riddle would have had, like, his mom, she probably wouldn't. I mean, maybe she would send them to Hogwarts, but, like, the possibility of that happening is pretty low. I feel like she actually probably would have because, I mean, she fully rebelled against her family, but, but yeah, I think no matter what, probably he was going to be the first, the first one in thousands of, a thousand years or whatever, which is just so like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you have next? Um, I just enjoyed the bit where like, Snape putting Lockhart in his place when he tried to do the, like, oh, I can do this thing! Oh, yeah. I was like, no, bro. No, you cannot do any of this. Any of these none things. of these things. None, literally none of these things. Yep. Uh, so, just, just, just a little chef kiss there. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start keeping tally, I feel like. <laughs> uh, anyway, what is your next? Uh, this is my last uh, front page, which is just, I. it seems completely ridiculous to me that the exact 
date of the founding of Hogwarts wouldn't be documented. Like, these are four people, like, starting presumably the first magic school in the UK, which probably wasn't even the UK yet in a thousand years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about... I guess it's probably Britain, right? Because, like, the Knights of the Round Table and shit was around that time. Anyway, I don't know how dates work, uh, but I just just feel like there probably would have been, like, some sort of something, like, Articles of Incorporation that they would have signed (laughs) and dated. You know, like, there would have been documentation about this, and it just seems like such a such a weird thing to be like the exact date is unknown like why just pick one i like i mean it may, maybe they were secretive as fuck i don't know but why would you be secretive about a date like and even it just like personal records they know so much they must have like i don't know someone's diaries or like minutes of the meetings of the heads <laughs> of houses or something so like why wouldn't they know the date it just it's weird whatever no that, that is super weird yeah, like, you'd think there would be, yeah, like, some kind of, like, first-person account. Right. I mean, they 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 have books a thousand years ago? Yeah, dude. For sure. There, there have been documented writings for that long. Okay, that's fair. Oh, right. That would make sense. Sorry, I'm looking at the timeline of British history. Uh, and in the 11th century is, like... Oh, I didn't realize Macbeth was a real person. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> learning so much. Learning so many things about history that I did not learn in school. Uh, anyway, let's go back to the actual thing at hand. Yeah, that just seems... It just seems weird. But, like, the only other thing I could think of would be... Since all of the founders' items are, like, sort of scattered to the wind and aren't, like... I don't know, displayed at Hogwarts. Um, makes me wonder if, like, maybe some of that, like, diaries or letters or, you know, shitty staff meeting minutes are just, like, in someone's family vault or, like, in someone's, like, manor home kind of deal. Yeah, but if they know so much about the falling out and, like, all of that, some historian at some point tracked all that shit down, there would have been, at the very least there would have been a year. Like, they would have been able to track it to the year. They wouldn't, it wouldn't be, like, around a thousand years ago. We don't know when, you know? That's true. I just have a couple more things. Ron comforting Ginny at the same time being a dick to, like, literally everyone he's talking about. I don't remember what you're talking about. I'm so sorry. He's, I was thinking of, oh, he's like, oh, you haven't really gotten to know Miss Norris. We're so much better off without her. And then he's like, I hope they get, I hope this person has time to petrify Filch before, you know, he's expelled. And then Jenny's like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, right. But she's like, what the fuck? Because she's like, I'm the one who's going to get expelled. But Yeah. Yeah. Ron's mean. Like, there's no two ways about it. He is very mean. My, so my last point is, so Ron's like a total dick. But as someone who also has a very huge fear of spiders, I feel him. Also, the fact that Ron said he was three when George transformed his teddy bear into a spider. He would have been five. What the actual fuck? 
Oh, what do you mean? It would have been accidental magic because he was mad. That's fair. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. But also, like, how, like, that is literal nightmare fuel. Oh, no, for sure. I, I have no idea where I stuck that, but it has a really big sad face in my notes wherever the hell I put it. Where is that? I don't know. Uh, Oh, I think it was supposed. Shit. Sorry, I have more front page notes. I put them in the wrong spot. They're under health and science. I mean, we can keep them under health and science. No, because they're not health and science. (laughs) Great. So let's go back to that. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. That is, that is literally, you know what that is? Is like a scene, like a scene from Buffy. Like. Oh my God, it totally is. I would be terrified of spiders, too. We have that, like, evolutionary fear of creepy crawlies already. But shit, dude. That's... Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, like, some next-level, like, nightmare shit right there. So. Yeah. Um, Okay. This is just the part where they're, like, investigating... And Harry's like, there was that huge puddle of water. Someone cleaned it. And it was, it's been actual days. Like, did he think no one was going to clean up a giant puddle of water in the hallway for literal days? That doesn't make any (laughs) sense. I mean, considering how Filch is acting, I guess that might be a legitimate... That's like I don't know a hazard. Children could fall. Out of all the other hazards at Hogwarts that literally no one cares about. Correct. However, that one's like pretty easily corrected, and I just was like, Harry, come on, yeah, my dude. Yeah, I feel like I feel like one of the prefects could wave their wands and clean that up. Like... Right. Yeah. It was. It's too silly. Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. And I would like to start by talking about Lockhart, this fucking guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally the worst. I have so many parts of like his shit underlined in my book, but the only actual note that I wrote down is, dude, shut up. <laughs> Just like nonstop. It's like the worst... The, like, worst kind of do where it's, like, you literally don't know what's going on, but you're, like, feel obliged to, like, tell everyone how to do their shit. He's talking the entire time. He never stops. How did no one just, like, do a hex to sew his mouth shut? I I assure you that all of the professors have probably wanted to do that and more this entire year. I think Snape is imagining poisoning him first and then sewing his mouth shut. Correct. It's sort of like, they get a lot of terrible professors over the years, but I think I've forgotten how terrible Lockhart is. Mm. I feel like if in a different world, in a different world, if he had channeled his energy differently, he could have been Jonathan Van Ness. And we could have (laughs) adored him. But he chose this instead. Why? I feel like, I mean, like... I feel like 
fame in the witching world is different. So I feel like this kind of makes sense. Given the avenues of like, yeah, clearly but... Lockhart just should have moved to America because I'm sure the like witching world there has like some crazy Hollywood bullshit happening and then just have been famous somewhere else, dude. Totally. Full agree. Like selling like teeth whitening potions and like hair cream and shit and being in like gossip rags like right you don't have to like brainwash a bunch of people and like pretend you know how to like defeat dark wizards and shit this is like this is such good evidence for like the what how we like the homophobic society that we read in these books is that he does a lot of what That particular variety of very, very, like, over-the-top effeminate gay man, like, bonding with cis women thing, right? Straight cis women especially. Yeah. And if he could have, like, manifested that just authentically, I think that he could have been, like, kind of really wonderful to be around. But instead, he has to, like, find a way to put this energy that he clearly can't contain within himself out there into the world, but he has to do it while attempting to perform masculinity that he just doesn't possess. And so it has to be this like rescuing complex that he's created. Yeah. Which is actually quite tragic. And I've just softened to him a bit. No, I mean, like, I feel like, yeah, like definitely like there's no doubt in my mind that, he is gay. Like, holy God, this is like the most over the top dandiness I think we get so far in these series. Yeah. Um, and there'd be in a lot of ways ever, I feel like, in a certain kind of way. Um, but yeah, like, in another lifetime, he would have been famous on Instagram. But like, yeah, like he has to perform like masculinity in a way that like is toxic for everyone, it turns out. Right. So. It is. It actually is a little sad, yeah. but also he like wipe bunch of people's memories. So I feel like, you know, like <laughs> some people, some people move away from the, you know, getting away from this, and some people just erase a bunch of people's memories. I mean, like I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Imagine if he had just like moved to Muggle society and like masqueraded as a muggle and like sold like right like teeth whitening solutions and stuff like that and like it's my patented thing like i have my own channel he would have murdered it on like qvc selling shit right middle-aged housewives would buy shit from him in a heart and i mean they do clearly in the series it's sort of definitely hinted at that like that is kind of his audience he totally could have been a member of the original queer eye Oh my god, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Snape. Okay. Looming half in the shadows, trying not to smile. Like, does he practice? Does he, like, put up a mirror and stand in his office, like, finding the exact, like, the exact shitty like oh look at me lighting that he wants to achieve by like each type of light available in the castle yes yes Yes. 
The answer to that is yes, one hundred and ten percent. Like you, like you, like this. This level of dramatics, you definitely practice. He is. He's extra. He's very extra. He's so much. <laughs> and just like I don't know, his whole. He, this is very funny, and, like, in a lot of ways, I'm like, oh, my God, you are so much. And, like, it kind of is endearing. But, like, his attitude towards Harry and his, like, I think there's something suspicious. I think he should be punished. Like, take him off the Quidditch team. That stuff is actually, like, legitimately kind of sinister. Like, it's it's really bad behavior. And, like, Harry didn't do anything anything to deserve the way that Snape treats him and it the way that it unsettles Harry and the like kind of lack of safety that it makes Harry feel in the school is actually quite distressing no it's pretty fucked up yeah and I think it's fucked up and I mean I guess full stop it's fucked up I think combined with that, with Ron's comment about like, oh yeah, hearing voices in the in the witching world isn't a good sign, you know, either. Which I'm kind of like, but there's fucking magic. Like, literally anything can happen. Like, logic doesn't apply anymore. If you're hearing voices, it could be fucking some enchanted shit talking to you. Like, what? Yeah. Well, voices no one else can hear, right? Because if it was something enchanted talking to you, him and Hermione, you should have heard it too. That is a weird statement, however, because Ron doesn't know jack shit about the muggle world. For all he knows, it's totally fine to hear voices no one else can hear in the muggle world. Right, I mean, if you're wearing headphones, you can hear voices <laughs> no one else can hear. Like, this would blow Ron's mind. Like That's true. <laughs> Oh my god. Walkmans with a little radio antenna. Uh, Arthur Reasley definitely has a broken Walkman and doesn't know what it's aboard, but is very charmed by it. Totally. Okay, so then Filch. My first note is that his first big line once they get into the office is my new middle name for him. So his name now is Argus. I want to see some punishment, Filch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I feel so sad for him. But his behavior is so bad. Yeah lashing out at students to give them detention. He says, la- or the, the book says lashing out, which is a physical action. I don't know if he's attempting to harm them. Giving people detention for being too happy. Like, yeah, you're suffering for really good reason, but these are children. Which is partly on Hogwarts. Give this man some bereavement time. Yeah, I mean, I think throughout the whole series, we definitely get a sense that the witching world isn't necessarily big on empathy. (laughs) Here, here. Yep, so I'm upset about that. And then can we just talk about Professor Binns? Yes! We sure can. Uh, I just want to point out, number one, yet another professor who does not bother to learn anyone's name. (laughs) 
I actually have a lot of like LOLs in my notes about because he just like for whatever reason knows the first name or the first letter of everyone's last names. And then what makes me think it's like really funny is that with Seamus, he knows like the general gist of his last name. And so he like has the F right and then he has the Irishness right. So he's like, oh, flirty. <laughs> <laughs> This is really funny to me. (laughs) Everything about it, like the whole thing where it's like, it's clear that no one in his entire teaching career has ever interrupted him before. Holy fuck. He needs to be fired. Listen, listen. I think part of it is that, as we know well know with the shittiness of the U.S. education system, that an uneducated populace is a docile populace. And this is how they keep shit the status quo. Is that no one learns history and they're like... Yeah. Listeners, just so that you know what's happening, Jesse is gesticulating and like making <laughs> frustrated hand movements. Just narrate that for you. Because I mean literally like... History of Magic is, like, I feel like the one thing that, like, could have helped Harry in these book series, but it's, like, clearly the worst class. The the whole thing about, like, it's a shock when Hermione raises her hand. That's what really got me, is, like, all Hermione does in class is raise her hand. Like, that means that he is never asking the students if they know the answer to a question. He just talks mm-hmm. at them. If he only knew one student's name, it should be Hermione's name. Yeah. She is such an active participant in all of her classes. He's just like such, he's such a bad teacher. (laughs) Hermione uses his class to catch up on her pleasure reading. Right. Oh, God. And maybe work, maybe work on her homework, you know, whatever. She's, like, taking notes with one hand and doing homework with another. I mean, she's not taking notes. She's already read the, the history book. She's like, I'm good. Oh, that's true. So this chapter, or the, this, like, conversation about bins actually, like, made me remember this history teacher at my high school who was incredible. And, like, people took western civ with her because her lecture on alexander the great was famous within the school that's it that's amazing yeah like older students would talk to younger students and be like you should definitely take western civ this one particular lecture is so incredible and like she was such a like dynamic lecturer moral of the story history can be fucking fun to learn like it's really interesting it's stories you know like history is stories you can tell a story well and it is completely inappropriate that hogwarts has one history professor and he doesn't know how to tell a story and he doesn't care yeah maybe it's Maybe it's hard to banish ghosts. Even if they want to get rid of him, like, could they? They could. I mean, he could, if he's stuck in that classroom, he could still be stuck there and someone else could be doing the teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Just put a silencing bubble around him. He can do his thing. The real teacher will do their thing. It'll be fine. Nobody has to know. Right. 
Hogwarts is a terrible school. That's all. I'm. That's yeah, the end of school. my notes on how terrible Hogwarts is. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Which is so many things. I just also want to first off start off with Ron's response to Felch being a squib. And I was like, no, dude. What? <laughs> I literally wrote no thanks. That's my note about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're on the same page. It's a very trash take from Ron is really mean in this book. He's so mean. Is do we go like four more books until that scene where Luna's like Ron's mean? I think so. I can't believe it took that long for someone to call him out for being such a shithead. He's like it's not really funny, but like it's funny cuz I hate that guy. It's like that's not how funny works. I'm sorry you're wrong. Yeah. Can we please talk about Moaning Myrtle? Yes. I hate it. I hate everything about her treatment. Moaning Myrtle has a serious mental illness and like clearly didn't get treatment for it when she was alive. It makes me feel devastated that mental illness comes with you into the afterlife. Oh yeah, that's fuck that's fucking awful. It's so upsetting. And she's this is again, it's like JK Rowling, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like she's not a joke. It's actually very sad. There's nothing funny about her, and there is no medication in the fucking witching world. And I mean, it sucks because, like, yeah. I mean, it sucks all around. And especially that, like, she never really got any help, you know, when she was alive. Because, I mean, like, you don't even really... It's hard to find, like, coping skills when you're, like, have severe depression and, like, you're a teenager. And now, like, Myrtle is eternally a sad teenager, and people, like make fun of her for it and the fact that she's really the only mentally ill character that we get in the series besides like tonks going through a bout of uh situational depression when they and lupin break up yeah i guess so I, i'm trying to think if i can think of anyone else i think serious serious has some like serious pdsd shit going on that's true. There is a lot of PTSD, but I don't feel like we see it played out. No, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe we do see it like... It's not discussed as stuff, and it's not necessarily played for laughs, but I feel like just like observing his actions in book four and five, and I guess even some in book three, really. It's again sort of this like, oh, it's like his problem. He won't behave. He won't like do the right thing, sort of. Right. Why is he being so ungrateful about being locked in the house of his shitty abusive family that he escaped from when he was 15? Like After being in literal prison with, like, torment monsters that make him relive the worst moments of his life, many of which happened in this actual house? Like, get this man some therapy. Yeah. Why? Get him the fuck out of Grimmauld Place, really. Yeah, let him go fucking live in a cave again. He was happier there. Right. They could just charm him to be a, like, different colored dog. Like, who the fuck's gonna, like, what are they gonna do? Oh, look at this beautiful Irish settler. Great. <laughs> Hanging out in Hogsmeade. Being fed by, like, school children, like, the kids from Hogwarts. Like, the one, like, I've said hot dogs. I don't, not, I don't think they eat hot dogs at Hogsmeade. I don't know. 
whatever the <laughs> fuck you would give to a, a friendly stray dog. Roast chicken. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's the treatment of mental illness, obviously, in this world is atrocious because they don't even have therapists. No one ever tries to make sure Harry's okay. He's obviously like a hot mess. But yeah, but for Myrtle, it definitely is like played more like, oh, you're so annoying. And it's like played for laughs and not, she is still a conscious being with feelings and should be treated as such. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she has like depression and anxiety and like, I I would say probably something that's like more than depression. I don't want to sit here and like armchair diagnose Moaning Myrtle, but like yeah. she, she has a serious mental illness and that's not a joke. And writing in someone like a character like her as like your comic relief predisposes your child readers to disrespect people with mental illness. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I just think it doesn't send a great message to be like, oh, she's just being dramatic. Like, you can just kind of blow her off. And it's like, no. In a better world, someone would have intervened before she was murdered by a giant snake. Yeah. What's next? Uh, I have a couple things about Slytherins. I don't know if if the founding of Hogwarts is pre-Statue of Secrecy or not, but... It seems like if Slytherins, it's well known that Slytherin's whole deal is that he didn't want to teach muggle-born and, like, half-blood children. He's basically solidifying muggle-born hate and bigotry, like, from a thousand years. Like, it's like, if they didn't have Slytherin House being that much of an asshole, like, would this be as much of a problem? Because it seems like they're basically spearheading bigotry, like from jump mm-hmm. and then it's like why even keep the bigoted house at that point mm-hmm. just don't have slytherins the fuck yeah like when he stormed off and was like i've cursed you with a monster why weren't they just like well maybe you don't have a house anymore right like why even respect his wishes to have a slytherin house it's a really good question i was actually interested this was the first time i sort of noticed that his reason was rooted in fear. So he didn't want to teach Muggleborns because he thought they were like a security risk, which is really interesting and is quite politically timely right now. It sure is. And I feel like there's, there's like more there like that. It wasn't, it was this, this sort of idea of like our society is put at risk by these people and the ways that those kinds of fear manifest in despicable human behavior when they're not checked Mm -hmm. and just like sort of witnessing the repercussions of his fear, like, literally a thousand years later, is quite upsetting. And, like, really pretty, I don't want to say out of control, but, like, still in a lot of ways, it seems like still very tightly woven into the fabric of witching society Mm -hmm. is to, like, have some degree of fear or disgust or 
what have you of muggle-born witches and muggles in general. Yeah, I mean, I do wish we would have gotten a little bit more about the founders. Because I feel like one of them should have been like, well, fuck you. Like, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I I think those those are my only political points. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about bathrooms, right? Yes, bathrooms. So, yeah, speaking of um, IRL analogies or whatever, literally everyone flips the fuck out about boys going in a girl's bathroom. Yeah, like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, unnecessary, like... I mean, I will say, though, Hermione's just like, whatever, fucking gonna go in here. Everyone's like, but is that girls? It's like, what? Yeah, so there's definitely some, like, very intense gender policing that happens before you get to Hogwarts, because who the fuck care? Like, Well, so it's Ron and Percy who do the, the most freaking out, The besides Myrtle being like, what are you doing in here? Uh, which really definitely ties into what we know about Molly Weasley from later books and the way that she feels about gender. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, because, like, presumably Ron and Percy probably didn't really, like, interact with the idea of a public bathroom before they came to Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean, I guess we never talk about it. Yeah, like, and I doubt that, like, Ginny has her own bathroom. Like, that seems weird. Right. Like, well, everyone's fine with people sharing bathrooms in private homes. It's just like, as soon as it's like more than one person could be in here, that suddenly it's this like bizarre fucking thing. Gendered bathrooms are nonsense is the official stance of the Gailey Prophet. Yeah, just fucking have gender neutral bathrooms. Fucking just do it. Yeah. It makes it easier for everyone. Yep. But especially people who have anxiety about being aggressively gender policed in a bathroom. Yeah. So. But also it makes it literally better for everyone because the like whole wine disparity situation gets sorted when you have gender neutral bathrooms. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. The drama, the drama of like Ron pulls his hand back as if he'd been electrocuted or something like that. Ron is just full of drama in this chapter. He is full of drama. <laughs> and then Percy, too. Like, Also, it sounds like the prefix bathrooms are gender neutral. What the actual fuck? Yeah. God, what a great place to hook up. Oh, yeah. I'm imagining the prefix are definitely fucking in that giant bathtub. Like, it's basically orgy size. Like, what the act? Like, what do you expect totally. people to do in a, like, swimming pool-sized bathtub that is yeah. locked to only, like, except for, like, what, like 10 students max? Like, oh. yes. You just take that mermaid down. <laughs> just charm a curtain over the <laughs> mermaid. It's fine. So, yeah, very strange bathroom anxiety in this chapter. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, All right, do you have any other politics? No, I don't. Okay. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. At the very beginning of the chapter, why the fuck does it take the teacher so long to arrive? <laughs> They're busy, like, finishing the wine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they drink wine at the head table that, like, none of the other students can Definitely. have? I have no doubt. That has that literally never occurred to me, but that makes so much sense. I think you would maybe need to. <laughs> just... 
drink a bunch of wine. If you work at this goddamn school. Things about drinking are, like, so much more chill in the UK than they are here, in, like, all of Europe than they are here. And then, too, we definitely, it might just be, like, at Christmas or something, but we see McGonagall and Hagrid getting drunk at a meal with students at least once, so. I guess I was also thinking about when they had Trelawney have her alcohol dependency moment where she's, like, drinking cooking sherry, and it's, like... (laughs) Don't, if they have, presumably there's a wine cellar, like, why don't you just drink the wine and not the cooking sherry? It's bizarre. Sherry's so gross. I think I've only had it in mixed drinks, because why would you drink sherry straight? Right, because it tastes like cough syrup. Don't drink that. <laughs> so nasty. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about the Hogwarts wine cellar, which is probably really awesome. Yeah, it probably really is. Okay, so remember... <laughs> When Ron is talking to Ginny and he's like, this stuff doesn't usually happen at Hogwarts. I wrote, um, yes, it does, my dude. (laughs) Like literally the entire previous year was quote unquote, this stuff. And that's his entire experience at Hogwarts. Like a lot of bonkers shit happens at Hogwarts. Right. He's been there for one year and like one month. And literally, this stuff has been happening for that entire time. Where is he accessing this information? That is incorrect. And, like, also basically continues the entire time both him and Ginny are in school. Right. So, I was just a little mad about that. My next one is twofold one hermione remembers literally everything there's no way that she would have forgotten what the chamber of secrets was addendum history of magic is her security blanket regardless of how many lockhart books she had to fit in her trunk hermione would have brought a history of magic she would have carried it like she no she didn't leave that at home that's nonsense yeah no you're totally right okay and then we got to talk about this whole polyjuice situation Okay. What the fuck, Hermione? What is up with this whole thing? Where she just, she's like, oh, I have a solution. We'll do this just so profoundly unethical thing. Nothing is okay about Polyjuice Potion. <laughs> That's because Homegirl is, has a real deep, ruthless streak. And I think this might be the first time we really get just kind of how deep that goes. Like, when she wants to do things, it's sort of very much, this shit's fucking illegal and immoral, I'm gonna fucking do it. And it's like, girl, what are you doing? It's like, what? It is. I don't know. It makes me really upset that she's just like, oh, I know what we should do. We should, like, take someone else's identity. And then eavesdrop on someone's conversation and try to get them to incriminate themselves. Yeah, it's fucked up it's so fucked up i hate it i think this is the dark side to the sort of loyalty and love that she feels for harry is the sort of being like we gotta find out guess we better do do this thing and it's like aren't couldn't there be like 18 other things you could try first exactly like why would that be what she jumps to i mean i think she wanted i think she wanted these used to do it anyway She's like, hmm, a very hard potion. Let's try to make that. <laughs> right. Like, this whole this whole thread about the polyjuice and how they find out what it is and how they figure out how to make it is 
basically very, very similar to how Voldemort found out about fucking horcruxes. And it's like, don't fucking tell... Why are you telling children this in your school? <laughs> why? Yeah. If this potion is in the restricted section, you don't fucking want kids impersonating one another in a school. Like, what? That potion should be illegal. That is fucked up. I mean, yes, it should be illegal. And I'm not saying this excuses it, but I feel like maybe part of it is because it's so hard to make and really easy to fuck up as Hermione fucks it up, you know? It's sort of like, maybe they're kind of like, you're going to fuck it up anyway. It's not going to (laughs) work. I think it's probably the kind of like whatever mind frame of the ministry because like, you know, it's not like buying a gun. It's like you have to do all the shit to make it work. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be illegal. Like, impersonating another person in that, like, intensive a way, like, the levels of violation that you can perform on another human being when you're, like, literally in the body of someone that they trust is, like... Well, I mean, Imperio is, is like, basically super illegal. And that seems much easier because you need your wand and you, there's not any evidence. Like, this you have to, like, get all this shit and brew it perfectly. And Why would that mean it shouldn't be illegal, Jesse? I mean, it's, it should still be illegal, is what I'm saying. The Imperius Curse is illegal. Yeah. Like, you go to Azkaban for using that curse. Why is it okay for them to to do... I think this is just general incompetence on the Ministry's part. To be like, oh, this is hard. We're going to teach it at Hogwarts. No one's going to do it. And it's like, what? Like... <laughs> It's like, Book four is a perfect example exactly. about why. Exactly, this is a terrible. So I, I, so I just, I just feel like part of it is just like the ministry's like, like because like right, like why are only three terrible spells unforgivables? Right. Because I feel like there's probably a lot of spells that can fuck you up real bad, and I'm like, those are the, like those are the you guys are making real illegal. <laughs> right. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. Welcome to where we continue to be like, what is going on with witching photographs? Who the fuck even, who the fuck even knows? Right. Because Lockhart's photos have curlers in their hair because it's nighttime. That means they have access to hair curlers. That means... They have awareness that it's nighttime and that they want to look good for the next day. That presumably their looks change over the course of a day. Or it's just because IRL Lockhart usually would have curlers in at that time of day. And so his portraits are just going through. But they know when someone comes into the office and they run away. What's going on here? I mean, yeah. So the photos definitely have a lot of Lockhart's personality in them in a way that is very strange but also the props right like where are these curlers coming from that is the part that baffles me because I mean we see the photos responding to outside stimuli so that makes sense to me but it's like where are these curlers coming they're they're not always there where do they go where do they come from I don't know it upsets me it is very upsetting great good health and science (laughs) right we done we are done. Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. You can find us on social media. Um, we're at we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Gaily Prophet. Um, you can also go to our website, uh, thegailyprophet.com, where you can see the wonderful comics by Theo. 
you should totally rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, wherever you can review us at because we love it and it makes us feel great about what we're doing. What also makes us also feel great is if you want to buy our merch. We have very cute merch out. You can find it at thegailyprofit.com slash shop. And if you're hankering for some more Gilly Profit content, you should become a patron of ours on Patreon where you get exclusive Patreon content like our fanfic episodes or Lark's really great goth music video <laughs> featuring all of the words the basilisk says <laughs> in this book. Also Jesse's actual fanfic. Also my actual fanfic, which I should probably post it's time for video. another one. Yeah, we appreciate any of your support and if if you cannot financially support us, tell your friends about us because word of mouth is a really excellent way for people to find out about our podcast and to bring this joy into their lives. It's truly the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it's true. You can find me uh, between episodes on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit and on Instagram at live from Detroit. You can find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi or at Radical Healer. You can also find me on my website, LarkMalachi.com, which is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I dot com where you can find out about all the things that I do for work and if any of them sound like something that you need in your life you can sign up for them no matter where you live because I work in my home office with my very loud dogs and you don't have to be here for me to be able to do that (laughs) (laughs) okay our Spoiler warning was recorded by Sarah Sarwar. Our show art and all of our amazing comics that you should definitely check out either on our website or on our socials are by Theo Julian Forrester. And all of the music that ever happens in this show is by Kevin McLeod. And you can find the link to that in our show notes. Until next time. Gender inclusive bathrooms. Emo. Facts. Arachnophobia.